Yes, welcome to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Surly here with you on your Thursday night. Team naming Eve as well for both the All Blacks and Springboks and just three more game, three more sleeps until that big game on Sunday morning. The New Zealand side, of course, will be named at 5am tomorrow. Plenty of speculation around changes with rumours. Whitelock, he'll come in to start for Italic. Nepola Lala perhaps to take a bench spot from Fletcher Newell. Keen to hear your guys' thoughts thoughts though your best 23 for the weekend text it through to double eight double three and i'll be sure to get to all of your messages i personally don't mind either of those selections if that's how it plays out a little rough on fletcher perhaps but nepo is so solid at scrum time that i guess it would make sense in that regard and looking to of course combat the impact of that bomb squad very interested to see the South Africa side as well. I think we'll get a great indication then as to how they will look to play this game from the outset. If Lebok is named at 10, we might see a bit of an open and fast start like we witnessed the Springboks play against France. If it's Pollard named, maybe a bit more of a kicking display like against England. So lots to look forward to overnight as we continue to ramp up that build up ahead of the big dance. In terms of the news from today, and sticking with the theme of team namings, England coach Steve Borthwick has made three has made eight changes, sorry, to that side that lost to the Springboks for this game on against Argentina on Saturday morning, of course, the third versus fourth playoff. Five changes in the forwards and three in the backs with Marcus Smith returning to fullback. That shifts Freddie Stewart to the wing. Here's the England coach explaining these selections. Yeah, I think there's uh, return to fitness of Marcus Smith unavailable last week. Um, I think looking at all the players after this will be our second six-day turnaround in a row after some pretty intense games. So I think there's been a need to um, make some alterations to ensure we have the energy intensity we require against a, a strong team, a strong opposition we're going to face. So excited to see Marcus Smith back at the back. In terms of my players, I'd love to see come down and play Super Rugby. He's probably right up there at the top for me in terms of international players that I think his game would translate so well to the style of rugby that we play as well. Obviously, this game isn't the one the English were hoping to be playing in, and hopefully always it can be so hard to get these teams up for a third versus fourth clash so plenty of players retiring other English side using that as motivation to send these guys off as winners I think all the players um, want to produce the top quad points every time they go on the pitch in an England shirt uh, it's quite right to say that there is a couple players that, that um, are not going to be with the England team going forward and they've already come up publicly and, and said that and I think that, that clearly we want to make sure that this is our last game as a team for a period. I want to make sure that it is a performance that's fitting of, of what we think we, we, we start to build and progress over these last few weeks. And England halfback Ben Youngs is one of those players who has announced his retirement. 13 years in the side, 126 caps. He's England's most capped test player ever. Here's what coach Borthwick had to say on the impact Ben has had in the English jersey. Uh, ben has been a, a tremendous player for English rugby for such a long time. Our, our record cap holder, uh, test appearances, um, a player who has seen a lot, been four World Cups, and um, I think has played an important role today within this squad, this World Cup on helping, particularly Alex Mitchell, helping the team progress through this tournament. So uh, I think a, a guy who's a brilliant player and a fantastic team man. 
Argentina, on the other hand, their coach Michael Checker has also named his side to face England. He's made three changes from their semi-final defeat to New Zealand. Interestingly, 19 of the 23 that will lace up for the Pumas actually played in their pool loss to England. Of course, they went down in that game 27 points to 10. They'll be looking to try and flip that result on their head. And straight away after that performance against New Zealand last week, Michael Checker was pretty quick to say their World Cup is far from over. I do wonder if they'll be a bit more passionate and fired up to try and get this win. You get the feeling Argentina finishing third in a Rugby World Cup would mean more to them than perhaps the English, but we soon will see. On to South Africa and their hooker, Bongi Imbonami, of course, is now free to play, they believe, ahead of this game on Sunday, despite the ongoing World Rugby investigation into that alleged racial slur directed at England flanker Tom Curry. It is reported that Bongi will be able to play as he has not been banned and the investigation still continues, so that is massive for the Springboks. Sticking to that final as well, English referee Wayne Barnes, he's been warned he needs to speed up the South African team during this final against New Zealand. Of course, the Springboks throughout this tournament, they've been pretty creative in ways that they've looked to slow down the game using HIAs, water breaks. I think they've even got warned by Ben O'Keefe on the weekend as well. But New Zealand icon Sir John Kerwin, he's asked Barnes to speed up the game. So here is JK talking on the breakdown. I think the most important person in this contest is an Englishman called Wayne Barnes. We cannot have a stop start. We can't have water drinks going at every scrum. We've got to speed the game up because that's how we're going to beat them. And so for me, it's critical that the referee lets the game flow a wee bit because South Africa will be trying to slow it down. 100% 100% agree and I'm looking forward to seeing the tactics. I think South Africa will try kick it out a lot and take the All Blacks to set piece where I think the All Blacks will try keep the ball in play. Kick, kick long but keep it live and try to wear down the Springboks pack. So it's going to be an interesting battle in that factor as well. And then finally, South Africa first five Oh, sorry, Samoa first five. And ex-All Black Lima Sopoanga has hit out at the Nations Championship, which has seen the smaller nations like Samoa and Tonga excluded. Lima, he took to social media in a well-worded and well-put-together post and criticised the championship structure, saying this move not only hinders the progress of Samoa rugby, but it also undermines the spirit of inclusivity that rugby is supposed to stand for. The Nations Championship was supposed to be a beacon of hope for smaller rugby nations, It offered us the chance to compete with some of the giants in the sport and show the world what we are made of. We were excited about the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with teams like the All Black Springboks and Wallabies, but now that dream has been shattered. So pretty emotional stuff there from Lima Sopoanga. It's hard to disagree with him as well. For me, like I mentioned yesterday, I thought the big winners from that were Fiji and Japan, nations that will now get regular competition against your top-tier teams. The big losers, you would have to say, Samoa, Tonga, Portugal, Georgia, sides that have shown throughout the World Cup that they could be massive threats, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're going to get those regular top-tier games that they need to compete. So that was your news. Time now for your Breakout Performer. Brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat locally produced from Cowrit, New South Wales. And this week, I've highlighted Sam Kane, the All Blacks captain, purely because... I just love what he's been doing throughout this World Cup. He's copped a lot of criticism, but I feel like he's really built throughout this tournament. His leadership has been exceptional, and we all know how strong he is on defence. 47 tackles so far he's made this 
World Cup at a 90% success rate. And here's a cool clip from the Front Row Daily Show with George Bauer on New Zealand Rugby Plus. If you haven't watched it yet, checked out that channel, I recommend you do. But here's Sam Kane on what the All Blacks jersey means to him. Oh, look, it, it just it means so much. I think you, from, from a, a young kid you know, to realising a dream of pulling it on, um, and and now when when you know you get, pick up your jersey on game day and take it back to your room and, yeah. and open it up, I just still get this sort of weird tingly, fuzzy feeling as you as you look at the jersey and see your your name etched in the bottom, yeah. details of the test match, um, and, and that feeling is is cool. Like it's it's excitement, it's nerves, it's butterflies, all all in one, knowing that sort of in three or four hours you're going out there to, to pull it on. Mm. Hey, what an unreal feeling that must be. You can only imagine, of course, every kid's dream growing up to see your name stitch, stitched into that jersey ahead of a massive clash like that. What I'd love to do to be a fly on the wall in that camp at the moment. But Sam Kane, here's your breakout performer brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, locally produced from Cowra and only found at your local independent butcher. Time now for a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from three members of the South African camp ahead of the big dance on Sunday here on ECNZ. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Yesterday it was New Zealand, today it was South Africa that fronted media ahead of the teams being named tomorrow morning. Interestingly, still no sign of Russi this week. I was looking forward to hearing his predicted All Blacks 23 like he did with England last week. I always enjoy his mind games and the way he verbalises what he's thinking. The fact he's gone underground does make me a little anxious, so hopefully we hear from him shortly. But today, we did hear from Springboks flanker Quagga Smith, fullback Willie LaRue, and assistant coach Felix Smith. So Quagga was first up, and he was asked if coming in as defending champions has provided a little different feeling in the build-up to this final compared to back in 2019 when they bet England. Yeah, I think if you look at it, I think there were a lot of expectations from other people that we won't make the past the quarterfinals. So I think um, for us being in a final was obviously special, um, but fighting through the, the quarterfinal and the semi-final was also special for us. But I think this is the one that, that's important. Um, it's going to be a big match on Saturday and we're really looking forward to that. And the last two games for the Springboks have been back-to-back one-point wins against France and then against England. They've been tough games, both mentally and physically. Fullback Willie LaRue was asked, how do you get yourself back up to that emotional level and how is the mood in the camp at the moment? Yeah, I think the emotion for the last two weeks was uh, was pretty high. Uh, my friends and everyone sends me messages after the games and their heart rate is 200. So the emotion is very high all over the world and for us as well. But I think when, uh, when we step off the field, uh, when you go to bed that night and you wake up the next morning, it's next job. Um, then you start all over. It's a new process. Um, like this week, it's a, it's a World Cup final week. Um, so, yeah, everyone's just switched on for that. So that eye is gone now. It's now just focus on one job. 
Heart rate of 200, fair to say. Willie LaRue's friends and family are certainly on the roller coaster. I might monitor mine in the game on Sunday and report back here on Monday night. But the next question that was put to him was around the respect that New Zealand and South Africa have for each other. So just how much respect do South Africa have for New Zealand rugby? No, there's always respect. I think the rivalry goes back a long time. And the games that's been played against each other is always, it's hard fought. And then after the game, you can see the guys, they gave it all. So there's definitely a lot of respect between the Springboks and the All Blacks. You would imagine visiting each other's dressing rooms again after Saturday night? I would say, yeah, there's a battle first, um, and then you see what happens, and then I think afterwards, yeah, definitely, I think that can happen. There seems to be less, less there seems to be fewer scuffles on the field these days between the All Blacks and the Springboks. Is yeah, it's just, it's just a hard-out battle out there. There's no friends when you're on the field. Um, I think that happens when the game is done and the whistle is blown, then, then all of that comes out. So good to hear that the lads are planning to share a beer together. It just goes to show the respect these two sides and these two proud rugby nations have for each other. And that all adds to the narrative, of course, ahead of this weekend's game. Quagga Smith was then asked, how much encouragement do you take from beating the All Blacks in Twickenham about two months ago, where they really did put on a dominant display? Yeah, I think if you, if you look at both the games that we played this year against each other, um, I think the one in New Zealand, they really played well. And the one at Twickenham, they got a red card, so they were down to 14 men at a stage. So we know like each team has played well against the other team, but this weekend is the one that counts. I think this is the, the most important one out of the city this year. So we're really looking forward, and we know it's going to be an epic battle. Up front, also for us as forwards, it's going to be physical. Um, but yeah, we're excited for it, and it's a great challenge. So Quagga there alluding to the All Blacks being down for 14 for that match. I mentioned yesterday the All Blacks have had five cards throughout this competition, four yellows and a red. The Springboks just one, so discipline is going to play a huge factor in this game. It's going to be interesting. And also remember, no Shannon Frizzell, no Geordie Barrett in that clash, so fingers crossed they could prove to be the difference makers. Next up on the podium was assistant coach Felix Jones, and he was asked around what developments or improvements he has seen from the New Zealand side through throughout this tournament since they last bet them back in England? Yeah, well, uh, I think the introduction of uh, Joe and, and Jason Ryan, and I think there has been uh, many good developments in the game, not uh, not just uh, one area. Um, if, I, if I had to highlight one, I would say the Rook, I think, is, uh, is, has been excellent. Uh, they do appear to be a very complete team. Um, I think there's been... Uh, development in their kicking game, uh, the way they put you under pressure, uh, not only with their passing game, but their ability to also uh, use the ball off their foot. So um, I would say probably those two areas would be, would be key. And 1995 was the last time these two sides clashed in the Rugby World Cup final, a historic game for many reasons, but since then there's been some other great games between these two proud nations, so how much of the history between these two sides do they build on in the build-up and do they use that to draw some extra motivation for this weekend? Yeah, definitely. I think when you play against the All Blacks, you always have to be ready and that's, that's, that's the big game and especially playing against them in a, in a World Cup final makes it extra special. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be an amazing game on Saturday night. And uh, if you get a chance to play, I hope then I, I can't wait to, to, to express yourself and uh, just leave everything out there with no regrets. I think that that's going to be it. 
And I was at the game back at Mount Smart earlier in the year where the All Blacks came out on top of the Springboks. And one thing I noticed being there was just the physicality in person, how high it is between these two sides, not just at set piece time, but around rucks and in the contact zone in general. So flanker Quagga Smith, he was asked around how much he relishes the physical battle whenever they play the All Blacks. Yeah, um, for me, I've been playing against the All Blacks in all forms. I mean, I played under-20s against them when Artie played for them, and then I played sevens against them, and now 15s also. So for me, it's I think, like we said, there's a lot of respect between each other, and we know we're going to bring out the best in each other. So for me, playing against the All Blacks is just a, just an honour, and I know it's going to be physical, but it, it gets me also, it gets me up, and I'm excited for that. So there's going to be some massive clashes there and I can't wait to see the two loose forwards trios in particular go at it. But of course there's some blokes like Evan Etzebeth and co. There's some large human beings so it's going to be all go on Sunday morning. The next question, is it any surprise to you guys to see the All Blacks and the way they've managed to turn things around and now be in a World Cup final after their form leading into the tournament wasn't exactly ideal? Not at all. I don't think you can ever write the All Blacks off so no surprise at all for them to be in the final. Short answer there, but like Daniel McCarty said, always bet on black, and this is set to be a great game. Quagga Smith, he was then asked that one of these sides is going to be the first to win four Rugby World Cups, so what would it mean to South Africa to be the first team to do it and against your greatest rival? I think, yeah, no, that would have been, that would be unbelievable. I think I was six years old in 1995, and I can just remember my dad and mom screaming in the house, and I couldn't understand exactly what was going on, but... To be able to have a chance to play in the final against them um, would be amazing. Yeah. Both Willie LaRue and Quagga Smith have typically been used on the bench throughout this competition, so they are a part of this bomb squad. They were told the All Blacks have come up with their own name, the Easy Company, and looking to offset their impact. So how critical has the Springboks bench impact been on getting the team through to the final? And what are the kind of messages they get from their coaches before they enter the game? If you looked at the bench, even since uh, 2019, the bench had a massive impact with the Springboks. Um, so it's something that's been building up for, for years now. Um, and for us, when we're on the bench, we know we've got a responsibility to fulfill. And the nice thing is for us, we can watch them maybe the first half and see where we're falling short as Springboks so we can know what our job is when we go onto the field and rectify that. Um, but yeah, just playing in the final, we know it's going to be 80 minutes. Maybe it might might go to 100 minutes. So you never know. So you know you've got to be ready and make sure that you use your opportunity when you get it. Mentioned before, we haven't heard from Rasi Erasmus so far in the build-up to this game. But of course, he's a very popular figure amongst Springbrook rugby and also world rugby. The media love hearing from him. So the question was asked, what does Rasi bring to this team, both on and off the field? I think Rasi is a... He's a great coach and he's very clever in the way that he coaches. Um, and also he's got a lot of experience. I mean, he's also played for the Springboks. Um, so he, he's really clever in what he sees. Um, and also I think for the, the England game, he obviously told us bench before the game that it's going to be a massive one for us. But just half time, he just said to us, listen, this is your game to win. It doesn't help you wait for someone else. This is the bench time to, to go up and make a difference. And Will Jordan needs one more try to set the new single World Cup try scoring record. Currently, he's tied with John Olomu, Brian Habana, and Julian Savia. Willie LaRue was asked, How do you stop Will the Thrill from scoring one more try and claiming that throne? 
I think that's that's the 23 that goes out there on, on Saturday. They all buy into the, our, our defense plan, um, stick to what we think is best. think how we could stop them. Um, everyone from scoring, not just him, stop the All Blacks from scoring. So uh, I think we focused on that. It's just the main job for us on, on, on Saturday is, uh, is our performance and what we can do and what we do best. What specific threats does Will bring? Oh, no, he's an amazing all-round player. He <laughs> chips and chase. He can do anything, uh, scores from anywhere, create something out of nothing. So unbelievable ball player. Yeah, he is an unbelievable ball player. What's impressed me the most about Will Jordan and some of his tries as well has been his partnership with Richie Mwanga and their ability to back and attack the disconnection at the back of line-out. So often we see teams with these big forward packs, they put a prop at the back of the line-out and then they've got a flanker or a lock at that first defender. And throughout this tournament, especially over the last couple of weeks, around that 50 to 60 minute mark, we've seen Richie Mwanga take a beautiful pass from Aaron Smith, go straight at the line, nice little inside ball into Will Jordan. Last week against Argentina, he razzed it up a little with a great Jeff Wilson-esque chip and chase. So do we see that again this week? I'd certainly love to see it. And I, for one, would love to see Will Jordan as well claim that try-scoring record. That would be great. So that was Quagga Smith, fullback Willie LaRue, and assistant coach Felix Smith. No relation, certainly you can tell by the accent, but still the same last name, so great stuff there. Time now for the news with Johnny Mack, and on the other side of that, we'll have an interview with Stephen Petit out of Forever Sports from South Africa as the build-up continues towards this Rugby World Cup final here on SENZ. I, I, it's a fraction of the whole, but it's hard to control Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now, and it's a pleasure to welcome into the show, live from South Africa, Stephen from Forever Sports, and they've done some great work throughout this Rugby World Cup. Mate, it's a huge game this week, two proud rugby nations. Can you give us a bit of an insight into how the build-up to the clash is over there? Because I can imagine Springbok fans are getting pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, thanks for so much for having me. Yeah, it's... it's it's everything, isn't it? I mean, it's the it's the final that we all wanted. It's it's the old so as, as as we always mention. You know, it's the only team that has a, a a positive win record against the box. So it's yeah, it's the team that we all want to play in the final, but also the team we we sort of fear the most or get nervous about because they you know we it's, it's the team that we know that can beat us, but also the team that that we know we can beat. So it's been an interesting week. Uh, a lot of tension, I think, uh, and a lot of nerves based on. Uh, we've had to sort of squeeze through to a quarterfinal and a semifinal. So a lot of worry a little bit about uh, the squad, but I think generally it's just excitement. I think I don't think anybody really thought that we were going to get to the final. I think a lot of people were very optimistic and sort of thinking, you know, when you see the fact that they have to say, yeah, they have to be a and then anything good and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of shell shock after the weekend, but now it's starting to, the excitement's starting to ramp up. 
Yeah, you mentioned then the weekend. Obviously, two quite contrasting games in the semi-final and the quarter-final. The quarter-final was quite an exciting watch. The Springboks played a lot of rugby because I guess the French allowed them to. But on the weekend, England kind of dragged them into that arm wrestle. How are you expecting the side to want to play this week? Do you expect more of that kind of French style of footy? Or do you think she's going to be, again, another kicking and forward-dominated battle? Yeah, look, I think I think what's been quite interesting is how we've had to adjust to play against the opposition. So I think obviously England played the conditions over the weekend and 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 sort of brought us into almost a ten man game uh, and, and as you as you mentioned that sort of arm wrestle, a very sort of physical, very tactical. I think we've had to adjust partly to the conditions and um, but a lot to the team in front of us. Uh, and I think that this weekend, I don't think the All Blacks are going to be the team that are going to try and and deploy the similar tactics to England. So I do think I do expect to be a much uh, more open game. I do think there'll be space for both teams. Um, I think conditions will will obviously necessitate a little bit of uh, more so maybe tactical news than than what we used to see. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of it will have to depend on on the opposition. Uh, I think the most frustrating thing is the box haven't been able to play the way they wanted to play over the last two weeks, and I think that that's probably something that they'll look to really try and do on Saturday, be able to sort of control the game a bit more and be able to dictate. Oh, they want to play and not just respond to the opposition. I mentioned before two proud rugby nations, the rivalry and respect between the All Blacks and South Africa is second to none in my books. Can you touch a little on how South African rugby fans kind of view the All Blacks? Because I remember being over in South Africa 10 to 15 years ago and I was surprised to see how many black jerseys there were just walking the streets. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange dynamic down here. There's a, a massive um, All Black support down here and a lot of it was... You know, during the past eight years, a lot of people didn't support South Africa very specifically and, and very much went, uh, you know, and supported the All Blacks. And these days, we still see a lot of, of people, you know, growing up, uh, watching New Zealand, watching the way they play, uh, loving that sort of style. And um, so there's, there's a big, there is a big support base down, down here in, in, in the country. And I think it's, you know, even the Springbok fans, it's the game we look forward to. I think it's one of those every year, you know, the pictures come out and you circle that, that, that Springboks All Blacks clash in, in the calendar because, we all know that that's, that's the game of the year for us. You know, it, it doesn't matter where it is. You know, it doesn't matter what's on, 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 on the line. Yeah. I mean, for example, if, if it's a, if the rugby championship's already gone by the time we play, it doesn't matter. It, mm-hmm. It's the game we all absolutely love. It's the game that we, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where I think if you're going to ask a South African if they are willing to lose every single game that year, but beat New Zealand, a lot of them would probably say yes. You know, <laughs> it's that big of a game. It's one of those games where if there's one game a year that we want to win and we have to win, it's a game against the All Blacks. There's so many matchups across the park, isn't there? Especially in that forward pack, and it's an old cliche, but often the game is one up front when these two sides clash. So, is that how you see it? The team that kind of dominates up front, stronger set piece, stronger around ruck time, will go a long way to winning this game. Yeah, I think definitely. I think for me, that's been the biggest hallmark of of this, this the All Blacks side's improvement and sort of the, the turnaround. I think that they've really um, the pack has really stood up and. You know, I think you think of the New Zealand teams of all, they've always had such terrific uh, front rows and, and, and they've always tacked so well from safety. So I think that, you know, I do think it is going to be one up front. I think that is, I mean, we saw in, in, in August, you know, the 7-1 split uh, versus the 6-2 split. I mean, there were only three background players across both benches, you know, as, as it becomes such a forward-dominated game. So I do think it'll be very much like that this weekend. You know, I think it's, it's something that, it's such a proud thing for South Africa to be so physical and to, and to have a dominance that teams, I think, you know, are, are so ready to try and take that away to see if the, if the box will, will panic. And, and I do still think that the box have got the most dominant pack, pack in the world on that day when they pitch up and off the bench. But I do think that's an area that's been so 
improved and focused on um, by the All Blacks. And there's been some great players and there's been some great campaigns. And I think what's exciting me the most about this weekend is how many players, especially in the pack, have come into form recently in, in the forms. You know, you look at the All Blacks, the way that uh, Sam Kane stayed in the, in the last couple of weeks, but the way that um, Sam Whitelock has, has sort of rolled back the years. And then from a staff perspective, you know, you're, you're starting to see the, the best of, we've seen some really good performance from the even Estevez, for example. Zayn Samun has come back and, and sort of showing his, his experience, the explosiveness of, of an Austin Chair off the bench. So there's so many different individual matchups um, that, that it's just every single time you look at a potential matchup, at the lineup battle, the scrum battle, it's, it's so 50-50 and, or, or else there might be an edge in the lineup and an edge in the scrum. And it's so, it's so difficult to call, which is what I think makes it so exciting. A hundred percent. I'm just starting to get excited hearing you talk about those matchups, but it is one all so far this year. The teams have played twice and they've split them. It's typically been the team that started quicker that's ended up winning the game. I think both sides who were leading by the 20 minute mark went on to win. Do you think the box take extra confidence in from that Twickenham demolishing or do you think the All Blacks were missing a few players? Rugby World Cup final, it's just back to square. Yeah, I think it is. It is. One of those things where, you know, previous results don't really come into it. But I think we'll all be, you know, we'd all be lying to ourselves if you, if you think that there aren't conversations happening in both camps with the box saying, you know, we've beaten them before and, you know, a couple of extra players aren't going to make them a different side, you know. Uh, similarly, I think the All Blacks will be sitting there thinking, as much as they'll tell the press, and uh, both sides will say that they're not thinking about it. There's, there's, there's no way that Ian Foster aren't, isn't saying to their team, listen, you guys got pumped in August. It was the biggest defeat ever, you yeah. know you've got a chance to change that sort of legacy. So I do think that um, it's going to come down to the team that starts well. And although I think that, you know, South Africa, the Vox have proven in the last two weeks that they're an 80-minute side, mm. which has sometimes been something that the, the All Blacks have been guilty of not being. And, and sometimes that's been okay for them because they've been able to start so well. They've been able to put the game to bed by 20, 30 minutes. Um, and we've seen that during the World Cup, but they've started like half on fire in so many different games. And, you know, the game's almost won. Um, but the longer the game goes, you know, I think I think sometimes that's that's where sometimes the museum have sometimes faded, but then they sort of put that sort of turn that corner against Ireland where they managed to hold up. So I think that you know for the for the box they know that they can finish strong, but they're playing against the side which always likes to start strong. So I do think that if if, if New Zealand get going very early and, and put the box away, that it could be still game on, but that could be the game. But I do think that if the box start really well that they do tend to finish better. Um, so I think 20, 25 minutes, we, we, if the game's in the balance, then I think we're in for a cracker. Part of that finishing strong is, of course, your infamous bomb squad, which, geez, they established a reputation for themselves for closing out games. What is about this bench unit? Because they're kind of feared across world rugby, aren't they? Everyone knows if they're within touching distance, on comes the bomb squad and often goes your guys' way. Yeah, and I think what's been so interesting about this tournament is that the Bone Squad was the nickname given to the 6-2 split back in 2019. But we've now just seen, you know, two weekends where we haven't gone the 6-2 split. We've gone an orthodox 5-3 split, and yet the bench has still had the impact. And we've seen impact performances come from, from the back line. So it's been quite interesting to see the genesis of it becoming from a Bone Squad in terms of the four, which is coming on and, and dominating, to just the bench as a whole. And I think it does speak to the, the depth that the box have at the moment, which we, I don't think we've ever been blessed to have this sort of depth where there is so little between the, um, the, the starters and, and the finishers. And I think that we, the, 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 the management have very much identified players who can cause an impact later in the game and they almost select for that. And, and that's why I think it's been the, the success. And I, I think a lot of it as well, it becomes almost a mental thing. You know, it's, it's, you built yourself and you've proved yourself so many times that you're going to have this impact that there's this genuine belief that 
if they're 10 points down and you walk home with your five subs, that mm. you guys are sitting there walking on saying, well, this is what we're here for. You know, this is, you know, why, why are we panicked? This is why they have us. And I think there's that confidence of we can turn around any sort of score, which I think is, a, is, is something that you can't just get overnight. It's, it's been earned over the last few, few weeks. And I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily down to the, the, the players themselves individually. It's just as a unit, they sit there saying, well, you know, we've got this reputation. This is what we do. We can win games from behind because we believe we can. That's mm. no, a great point. And obviously you mentioned before, it's been a bit of a different build up. The Bongi allegations have kind of been a bit of an unwanted story, but I just wanted to ask how important he is to this team. Obviously we saw Malcolm Marks go out pre-tournament with that knee injury. But he's a bit of a leader, isn't he? When Khaleesi goes off, he appears to take over the captaincy role. So how important is it that he's out on the paddock? Well, I think what's been the most frustrating thing and, and the most nerve-wracking thing is that he's probably our, our most irreplaceable player right now. You know, I think there's so much depth across the entire 20, 23-man squad. But the lots of multiple marks are not calling up a, a, a lot for like replacement in terms of a, of a, of a hooker who can play in there recently. I mean, Deontay Reed was a hooker by trade earlier on his career. Um, I think Bongi's had a, a bit of a revolution this year. I think he started the season a, a bit a bit off, but they've given him this extra responsibility. It was interesting. I was in the press conference and they first mentioned him as a captain option, and I think everybody kind of raised their eyebrows and never really thought about him as as being a genuine captain option. Because he hasn't really captained at the messing level either. Mm. But I think that they've they've gone and placed this responsibility on his shoulders, and I think he's he's between that and the injury to Malcolm Marks, I think he's just found a whole different level to his game. I think it's funny how. That's what this, this management's been so good at, identifying how, like, small aspects to be able to bring out the best in people. And I think, I mean, he's been absolutely terrific. The last couple of games, he's been, you know, faultless. I, I think he, you know, he played a full 80 last weekend, which you don't often see from a hooker. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think from a leadership point of view, he's always had that bit of, uh, that, that sort of, that, once that darker side, but he's always had that sort of, that top dog mentality type thing where sometimes he can be very confrontational. Um, and as, and as previously in his career, sort of, you know, maybe church dressed or maybe said the wrong things. And I think they've embraced it and said, right, well, we're going to give you the responsibility. You know, I need to know what you can and can't say. And, and we're actually going to say, right, well, you know, instead of, you know, you're not, you're not seeing a play of, of 50, 60 caps, we're going to give you the responsibility. How do you handle it? And I think he's proven that he's taken it with both hands and handled very well. It's not been the week we wanted to see. Um, my understanding is that he is up for selection and that we're sitting on, you know, a couple of days before the game and there's nothing, no updates. So I don't think we'll see a ban, but. Yeah, I think he's, he's just been so important to the box from a leadership and from a positional point of view. And I genuinely think he's probably the one player, if you could say which player he would not afford to lose this weekend, it's probably him. Yeah, interesting stuff. One player I wanted to touch on before I let you go, mate, is your captain, Sir Khaleesi. I said on yesterday's show, he's probably one of the great leaders in world sport, not just at the moment, but in general. I love listening to him talk. He always kind of reverts every win back to his people. He's just so inspiring and he always speaks so much sense. Can you talk a little about the regard he's held amongst in South African rugby? Well, I think there's a genuine feeling in the country that if you were to, to go into politics and run for president, he'd probably get it, just yeah. based on the fact that nobody would be able to not, not vote for him. He's, he's absolutely adored. And it's, it's, it's so difficult to, to, to sort of show more than what people see. I mean, he, as, as you mentioned, every single time he gives an interview, he, he's so humble. He throws it back to people. But I think the biggest thing about him is he's so real. He's so raw. He's so willing to admit his faults and, and to admit that he's, he's made so many mistakes in his, in his life and that he's not a perfect person, but, you know, he's trying to learn. And I mean, a, a small anecdote of the type of person he is, if you go to a press conference, like, like in South Africa, and he always does the Friday press conference, the captain's press conference, he will arrive five to ten minutes early so that he can make sure he goes to every single journalist, cameraman, anyone there, 
and he'll personally greet them, he'll shake their hand, ask them how they're doing, he'll go around to every single one before he sits down for the press conference. Wow. Which is just a small sort of example of the type of person he is. He, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, he's hard not to like, isn't he? Although this weekend, of course, he'll be a rival, but you can't help but cheer for him as well. Finally, mate, can we get a prediction for you? How do you think it's going to play out? Who takes home the Webb Ellis Cup and becomes the First Nation to win it four times? Well, I have to go with my heart. And I, have to th- I have to say that, we, uh, that we're going to do it. We've never lost a final, and, and I'd like to, I to keep that record uh, going this weekend. I do think it's going to be very close. So I'm going to go with Slavka by six points. I think it'll be it'll be within a converted try. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to go by heart um, and say that we're going to put in one big final effort and then we're going to bring it back. Yeah, good on you. you got to go with the heart. Well, appreciate your time, Stephen, mate. Love getting some insight out of South Africa. I've been enjoying all the content out of Forever Sports as well. So all the best on the weekend. May the best team win. And fingers crossed for us here in New Zealand, it's the All Blacks. But I will say, if anyone else was going to win it, it would have been South Africa in our books. So good luck, mate. Brilliant. Thanks so much, guys. Good luck to you guys. Sunlight hurts my eye And something without warning love Yes, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. We've heard a lot out of the Springboks camp today, so before we get into the schedule for this weekend's games, I wanted to bring a bit of balance to the show and bring in the thoughts of a few of the All Blacks greats. Firstly, here's Justin Marshall with his thoughts on where the Springboks are at after a couple of close semi-finals wins. I don't know. I, I, I really, I was, I was trying to process it process that this morning, lads, because like, Danny and I have been chatting about it. Like, honestly, the game the game was rubbish and it, was, it wasn't a great advocate for, for rugby because it was hard work. It was for, for 67 minutes, I think it was, it was very predictable, sort of mundane type of game, but it played into England's hands. When I'm thinking that, I'm thinking, well, doesn't that sort of play into South Africa's hands as well and the way they want to play? Because they're methodical, they want to play kick strategy, they want to play territory. But as it played out, they, they lost that battle. And, and so, you know, it was only desperation that made them uh, get into a position to win the game. In the six, like I think it's 67th minute, you know, they had great kick from Pollard, went into the 22. You know, they only had one entry, one entry in the entire second half into England's 22. Which one was more exciting? New Zealand against Argentina well, that was, or that South was Africa? Was average as well, because it was one-sided. So, like, we had quarterfinal hype, and then we had two games that were completely different. But the, the, the good thing about Saturday night was how close it was. So the thoughts there of All Black great Justin Marshall. Then jumping across from one goat to the other, we have Dan Carter. And what he's kind of put this turnaround in form down to, of course, has been coaching changes, players back to full health. So what does the great man DC think? I think there's been a, a lot of self-belief. You know, not many... Um, people and, and Kiwis in particular that, that thought uh, you know the All Blacks had a chance of winning this World Cup but having spent a, a bit of time in the environment this year um, I, I soon learned that they had a lot of self-belief that they were really growing uh, as a team and, and as the competition's gone on they've just got um, better and better so they they're um, made it to, to the finals they've given themselves a chance uh, which is uh, you know really exciting for uh, for them and also the people in New Zealand are sort of right in, in behind them but uh, yeah huge occasion and up against uh, you know, the, the number one team in the world. 
So quickly, before we finish up the show for tonight, your Rugby World Cup schedule of all games you can catch live here on SENZ. Of course, Saturday morning, that third versus fourth playoff between England and Argentina. That's an 8am kickoff. And then Sunday morning, the big dance, All Blacks versus South Africa. Build up from seven and kick off at eight. But that's us for tonight's show. So I'll catch you back here tomorrow, the second to last episode of Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ.